0: A wonderful good morning to every one of you. It's great to have you in the house. We are so glad that you are here, and uh, we are greeting especially the people who have been out for some time. We will come back to that later on. We'll come back, and uh, welcome to our visitors. Uh, again, we'll give them a chance later on. Uh, last week, I was speaking about uh, discipleship, And uh, the theme last week was Disciples are called into the work of Jesus. Today I want to continue with uh, this subject because discipleship is not something that you can just push into one sermon and then that is it. Uh, But uh, it's something that really we need to learn and study deeply. And today I want to uh, speak about Disciples submit to Christ above all else. Disciples submit to Christ above all else. I want to read from the book of John, chapter 18, verse 33. John 18, 33. The Bible says, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from, my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, Pilate, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. And Ephesians chapter five, verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that we can be able to gather today. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful presence. And thank you, Lord, for the word that you give to us to give us guidance. Thank you that you have given us a wonderful lesson last week. And I pray, Lord, that may you continue to impress this subject of discipleship on our hearts that we are not only hearers, but doers of the word. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, discipleship is a process in which we learn quite a lot of things, but one of the things that will always shine through is submission. Submission is something that many of us may not necessarily like. And yet, submission is very, very important, and I will talk a little bit about that in a moment. Now, when we grow up, we are formed to the standards of our world. Whether we like it or not, we are being introduced to what the world thinks is right. And, uh, you know, we may get uh, this in the home already, or later in school, or university, or college, or you know, training, Uh, we always learn things uh, that the world feels uh, how life should be uh, ordered, okay? And uh, often it is just the right of the stronger one who prevails, so if if you hit me, I hit you back. That is the system of our world. Now, when we come to Christ, we have to Unlearn the old system and learn a new system, okay? We need to learn uh, the standards of Christ. And this is not something that you can do overnight, just like you can't go to school for one day or one week or one month. It's a process, and that process takes years, okay? School, you know, from primary to secondary, to college, or university, or or training, it takes many years until we are ready. In fact, one third of our life is gone before we are actually ready to fulfill the purpose for which we have come into this world. So we must understand that like the natural training, we need to get uh, the training from the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in order to be the kind of people that can be able to make a difference in his kingdom. We often get things wrong and follow the old way. Now we read this even amongst the uh, people of Israel when Jesus was was around, okay? And uh, I want to read uh, two scriptures for you uh, which emphasize that, that fact. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, uh, Jesus says, or verse, verse 38 rather, Matthew 5, 38, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said. You have heard that it was said, okay? Now, he's referring to what the people of Israel had learned from the Old Testament, okay? Now today, in our culture, we may not learn from the Old Testament, you know, we may learn the system that this world has adopted, or adopted to, okay? And the question is, what we have, have you heard? So Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now, this is really contrary to the conventions that we have adopted, that we have learned, that we have lived by, you know, when we are growing up. And even as we are uh, children of the Most High God, you know, it's very difficult to put these things into practice because, you know, very often we feel, you know, this is my right. How can somebody take this from me? And, 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 and Jesus said, uh, not only give it away, but also let him have uh, another piece, you know, another, another mantle or something like that. So this is something that is very contrary to our natural upbringing. And it's important that we give thought to what Jesus is saying. Now, when Jesus says these things, you know, of course, he wants to point us uh, to the fact that the principles of the kingdom of God and the principle of these worlds are completely different, in many, in many ways, opposites. And we need to learn the principles of Jesus. Principle means Foundations. Okay, and, and, and uh, you know, Jesus himself said when we build a house, meaning our house, meaning even the body of Christ, then we must not build on sand, which is uh, going to be, uh, you know, taken away when the rain comes, but we must build on the rock. The rock is our foundation, and that is Christ Jesus. And Jesus said, these are my principles. This is what I'm standing for. This is what I want you to learn and Jesus is not just a preacher that has been speaking from, from above, from heaven, without experiencing the, the problems here on earth. No, Jesus was right inside the same challenges that we are facing ourselves every single day. And so we must understand these things are very dear to the heart of Jesus. Verse 43, Matthew 5. Again, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Ah, that's very easy, isn't it? Love your neighbor. I mean, who wouldn't love his friend or his, uh, his uh, beloved, you know? Uh, that's, that's simple. But loving our enemies, that's a different story. Okay? Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what we have learned in the past. But I tell you, and listen, this is very important. When Jesus said, but I tell you, He's overwriting, he's overruling what was there in the former convention and he wants us to begin to take heed and trans, you know, live by, by the values that he is telling us. So Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Is this easy? I doubt isn't it? It is something very hard to do. And yet Jesus challenges us that we are not following what is easy, but that we are following the conventions and the standards of Christ that we are building on the foundation of the Lord. So Jesus says, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And the sentence is not finished here. It says then that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Okay? This living by the convention of Christ proves that we are not only children who are not yet uh, mature, but that we are sons of the living God. That we have understood how God wants us to conduct our life in this world. Okay? That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Because God does not love just those who love him. He loves everybody. This world is still in, existing to, is in existence today with all the evil that is happening because God still is seeking those who can be able to turn around and walk with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So he's not giving up easily on anybody. Now, can you imagine if if God has not given up on this world as a whole with all the wicked things that are happening. Why would He give up on you when you are going through hardships and difficulties in your life? So never give up. And remember, this is the call that Jesus has given to us. We must live by a different standard, by a different convention. The Bible says, He, our Father in heaven, causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? And then comes the summary, and that is tough, okay? Jesus says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, when we come to Jesus, of course, we are not perfect. Okay? We come to him with all our flaws, with all our weaknesses, with all our failures, and uh, he receives us. He accepts us the way we are. But then, you know, when we walk with Jesus, we cannot remain who we were there must be a transformation process happening. And that's what discipleship is all about. Okay? In the school of Jesus, there is no compromise. Okay? We have to change. We have to transform. You know, once Jesus said to to, uh, Simon, okay, he said, Simon, okay, that was the name of uh, the person who he now called Peter. Okay? Simon, and Jesus said, but your name shall be Peter. Okay, so Jesus renamed him from Reed to Peter. And I think it's, a, it's a, a wonderful picture of what God wants to make of every single one of us. You know, of people who have been wavering, of people who have been uh, shaken from all kinds of forces in this world, to people who are able to stand strong, people who are going to be rocks, in their families, in their society, at their working places, or wherever they are, okay? So, remember, God wants to change your name. He wants to make you into somebody solid, into somebody who can stand, into someone who can uh, withstand the forces of the natural world, of all the storms and the winds and the uh, quakes and whatever, but uh, able to stand even in the most difficult times. That's what we are called for. You know, this is why we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, again, in the school of Jesus, we are being developed. We are being transformed. We are being changed. You know, we are no longer going to be the same people. You know, Jesus called people to be his disciples. Okay, that means they were understudying him. They were learning from him. They were students. But then he made them apostles. And I want to tell you, this is the aim for each and every one of us, that God calls us to be disciples, okay, learners, students. But he makes us into an apostle or apostles. And when Jesus makes us into apostles, I'm not saying you're going to be uh, equipped with a certificate of now being uh, able to to carry the rank of an apostle. You know, that is the people are often using, they're misunderstanding the purpose for these very descriptions, because these are job descriptions, okay? You know, if if you are a builder, uh, that doesn't mean you are now called Mr. Builder, okay? or you call uh, yourself, uh, you know, by that name regularly, okay? You, 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 you just know that this is my job description. And apostle, okay, pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, these are job descriptions. These are not titles which you really should be putting on uh, in front of, 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 of everybody, but they are just job descriptions. Of course, sometimes we will be called these names And that's okay, but we should be called these names because we fulfill the function of what this name is all about, okay? And Jesus was sending his disciples, and that's what apostle means, to be sent. Jesus was sent by his father, so he was the apostle. He is the chief apostle, okay? He was sent he had a mission. He came into this world. He lived in this world. He, he experienced the troubles of this world and then eventually he taught people who came out of this world so that he could be able to send them back into the world. Okay? This is the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been from what we are reading in the Bible, where I've been reading from, you know, Jesus who tells us, you have heard, but I tell you, okay? God changes us. Jesus transforms us, and we are supposed to rise to the fullness of the very uh, stature of Christ. That is the aim that God has with every single one of us. Not some, because uh, in scripture, there is no difference, okay? between what some people called clergy and laity, okay? In the New Testament, that does not exist. We are all one in Christ. We are all members of the body. So, today I I give you uh, this mission, okay? Don't just be a disciple, but become an apostle, okay? Being sent the people around you like we have been uh, studying last week, being sent into the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is building his body that must be functioning in harmony, okay? Jesus is building his body that must function in harmony. Now, we read in scripture, especially in the book of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, you know, that... uh, uh, Jesus is the head of the body, the body of Christ. Now think about your head, okay? Your head is the center of all the functions, of all the commands that are being transmitted into your body, okay? And we, 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 we don't really think much about it, but we all live uh, according to that That fact, okay? When you get up in the morning from your bed, it is not that your little toe or your foot is saying, oh, it's time to come out of bed, okay? It's the head who has made the decision, it's time up, okay, I have to get up. The head makes the decisions. Decisions are not made somewhere in your fingers or in your knees or in your back. Decisions are made by the head. Okay, and whatever the head decides is being transmitted down to every member. And so there is full coordination, okay? Uh, A healthy body is a body that works in harmony. That means they're working together with each other, okay? It's like a big orchestra where you have got uh, maybe 100 different instruments. And when they are playing their, their piece of music, uh, everything sounds in good harmony. Everything sounds beautiful together. Okay, and that's exactly how it should happen uh, in the body. Now, in, uh, uh, just like we have a choir master here who is directing, of course, that is not just happening on that moment that somebody stands in front and uh, directs everybody. Now, if, if I would want to make you a choir now, and I says, okay, I'm standing here and I'm going to direct you, uh, how would we come out? Would, we be, would we, we be ready for the studio? Or would we rather sound uh, a bit odd and a bit, a bit out of tune? Because we have, not, we have not practiced, okay? So people don't just come and sing and we say, oh, this was beautiful. Yes, it was beautiful because people have been preparing. People have been practicing. People have taken time. People have invested Okay? Uh, maybe they have listened to that song that they, w- they want to sing 20 times, 30 times, even more than that, isn't it? Some, sometimes you wonder how, how do these people remember all the words? Okay? They remember all the words because they have immersed themselves into the song. They have been able to learn that song by heart. And, and that is what I mean. You know, this is, this is what is required from. People walking in unison, okay, like a choir, like an orchestra, that is harmony, okay? So if there is enough practice, if there is not enough preparation, if there is enough tuning going on, then it will come out beautifully. And, you know, we have learned to tune our body from our childhood, okay? When you were born, you could not walk, you could not talk, you could not do anything, I mean, you had all the limbs and all the members in your body, but you had not yet learned how to use them, okay? How to coordinate them, okay? But today, you coordinate without even thinking about it. I remember when I learned to, to drive a bicycle, I got quite a few scratches on my feet and my arms, you know, because I could not coordinate the balance. I was was trying, or I was really trying. I mean, uh, I was very small and the bicycle they were giving me in our homes, we didn't have a a, a bike for, for children, so they gave us for, you know, an adult. Now, that was not very easy. But, you know, I tried, I tried, I tried again, until finally I was able to balance, okay? In the beginning it was a bit shaky, but the longer I drove a bike, the better I was able to master it. Maybe you're wondering that I've been driving bicycles. Actually, I've been very good in driving bicycles, you know. Uh, I had to go to school every single day, and that was not just a short dash. It was uh, several kilometers every day, and sometimes twice a day. Okay, how to take that that route. And so the bicycle became part of me. I was never even wondering how will I uh, balance it. I was never even thinking about how would I, you know, uh, maybe maneuver around a pothole or something like that. It was just part of me, okay. I was able to manage and master the bicycle. And that's what happens in our bodies. Okay, we have managed to be able to utilize every member in our body, whether we are aware or we are unaware. Okay? Of course, maybe you are able to see when I lift my hands, when I use my, uh, uh, my body in one way or the other, you can see me move around. Okay? But you don't know what is going inside. Inside, there are other functions which take place. Without, I cannot lift my hands. Okay, there are muscles. Uh, the nurses, all of this they have a role to play in order to coordinate. And you know, this is exactly what God wants to see in the body of Christ. The body of Christ must learn to coordinate. The body of Christ must learn to live in harmony. Okay. My members, the members of my bodies, uh, they live in harmony with each other, okay? And my fingers have never been quarreling, why should the small finger here be here and not in the, in the center, okay? Or maybe, maybe the small finger wants to become a thumb. We know that's not possible. And yet, in the body of Christ, very often it is like that. Okay, we don't accept the position that God has given us, that God has, you know, pushed us or put us into so that we learn to function in that particular place. We want to be somewhere else. So Jesus is the head of the church, the head of the body, and the head must have absolute control over every member in the body. Okay? Let me say that again because that's very important. Write it down. Okay? The head must have absolute control over every member in the body. Every member in the body. That means Christ has to have control over every single one of us. Okay? If we are not functioning according to his desires, if there is a blockage in one of the members of the body, then the body becomes disabled. It can't function as it should. I think we've all experienced that. You know, when we are sick and maybe we have hurt ourselves in one way or the other, uh, or maybe you have your arm in a plaster of Paris, or maybe you have, uh, you know, a pain in one area of your body and you can't just use your body. You, you, you're, just, you're just down in bed, you know? That means you are disabled, okay? You can't function the way you should. And let me tell you, uh, it's always a painful exercise for us to get back to our normal kind of uh, harmony in the body. You know, every member must have health, must be able to function healthily in the body. Every member is required to fully, fully fulfill its part, okay? Because I've got only one right hand and only one left hand. If, if, if these are not able to function, where do I get another one? Uh, you all need your own hands, isn't it? Can't take one from you. So we, we are required to come back and fulfill the very purpose for which God has put us into the body of Christ. So remember, God wants to have a functioning body, not a disabled body. And yet very often... Jesus is struggling with uh, members in the body that do not fulfill their function according to what Jesus is guiding them to do. Remember, a car must be able to move in order to be uh, effectively being steered. I remember when I was a kid, you know, sometimes you jump on a tractor or you jump in a car and you, you begin to drive imaginary you know, you're, you're using that steering wheel, and but you're not going anywhere, okay? You can remain in that car or on that tractor for an hour, but when you come out of, come out of the car, come down from the tractor, it's still in the same place. It hasn't gone anywhere because you were just using that steering wheel imaginary. You can't steer a vehicle without it moving. So we all have to move so that God can direct us in his path, in his ways that he has prepared for us. So every member in the body must be able to move according to God's plan, because God does not want to have a disabled body, but a glorious body, okay? A glorious body is able to function, is able to move, is able to get from one place to another according to the plan. And that's what God is calling each and every one for. Any member that does not function is going to be removed. Maybe you think this is harsh, okay? Eventually, it will be replaced. How do I know that? This is what uh, John chapter 15 tells us very clearly. John chapter 15 says, uh, that is not bear fruit. Not bearing fruit means you are not submitting to the head. You are not able to receive uh, the sap from the head. You are not able to receive your marching orders from the head. So, in other words, you can't bear fruit. And uh, Jesus says, "My Father is checking closely, you know, whether we have good use in the body of Christ, or whether we are, you know." Uh, not required anymore. So let us understand that our presence in the body of Christ is crucial because God has called us. But should we step out of his way and not become useful or not remain useful uh, for for the very purposes of God, then the Father may decide to remove us and that is a, 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 very, a very serious uh, uh, thought that we need to uh, sometimes take time to think through. So our father takes away every branch that does not bear fruit. In other words, that does not submit to the heads. Or in this case, Jesus used the, the vine that has branches and the branches must be in connection with the, with the, the vine. The branches must receive all of their life and their sap from the vine because only in that way they can produce fruit. The question is, are we producing fruit? Are we the members in the body of Christ? Are we able to uh, make the body harmonious and function well according to the plans of God? So now God uses... The circumstances of our lives. And it teaches us principles of what we are going through in life. Now, the Bible tells us that all things will work together together for good for those who love the Lord. Okay, so whatever happens in your life, uh, don't reject it. I mean, there may be things that are tough that you don't understand. There may be things that make you suffer. You may not understand why you're going through this. But we should never ask, why am I in this situation? But we should always ask, what must I learn from that situation? What is it that God wants to teach me through that? Uh, let me take you, or uh, give you this picture of a bodybuilder. I'm sure you have all seen these bodybuilders who have got, uh, you know, really big packs of muscles you know, uh, I'm not saying you must become a bodybuilder, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to, to do some exercise, okay? In fact, not sometimes. It is good to do exercise, okay? Strain your, strain your muscles. Because the more you strain your muscles, the more they are able to, f- to serve you, okay? When you do exercise, okay, your body be- is able to do things that otherwise you cannot do. If you're never using your, your members, or the members of your body or your, your muscles, you eventually become uh, dormant, they become dormant and you can't use them. I remember I, I, I knew a lady who was uh, bedridden for many years and uh, of course I tried to help her, maybe moving a little bit her hands here and there, but getting out of bed, she could not walk, she could not do anything, because she, were, she, was, she could not utilize or not use, uh, keep her muscles uh, moving and being built. Now, when you are doing uh, training, sometimes it can be very painful, and that's why many people don't do it, okay? Because they say, ah, it's, it's too tough, it's hard. But actually, it's hard for a purpose because you will be able to achieve more, better results afterwards when you are able to, you know, do your exercise. And this is what we must understand. You know, sometimes you go through a rigorous kind of a training, which you may not understand. You may not know how it will serve you best, and maybe it's not about you, it's not about you personally, but it's about the body of Christ, okay? So you are meant to utilize whatever muscles you have, whatever ability you have, so that the body of Christ is being built up. Okay, don't only look at yourself. Don't only see what is benefiting me, myself, and I. But remember, we are meant to be servants. We are meant to reach out to others. You see, Jesus uses life, real life situations in order to give us correction and direction. Now, Jesus took time to speak uh, the very principles when he was just calling the disciples. I mean, they had not gone very far. Then Jesus laid out his principles, okay? We call them the Beatitudes. Let me just read uh, from the book of uh, Matthew chapter five, verse three. Okay, Jesus was uh, teaching his disciples and he said, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I can't uh, go into every detail here, but uh, we need to soak this in. Okay, now, when the disciples heard these words... Maybe they were surprised. Why is Jesus saying that? It doesn't make sense, you know. It doesn't fit into our uh, learning and our background. So maybe they didn't pay too much much attention. But along the way, later on, they had to put this very truth into life, into, uh, you know, real reality in their own experience. And that's why Jesus is giving us teachings. Okay, that's why we are coming here to learn from the word of God. And before you all know it, you go out and you will find yourself in a practical application of that very lesson that God gives to you. Okay, so remember what he says may happen an hour later, a day later, a week later, a month later, but surely we are going through all of this experience. So Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, the one who is poor will always need new supply. Okay, and God wants us to have always a direct link to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive from him constantly. There was a church in the book of uh, Revelation, one of the church, Laodicea, okay, those people, they said, oh, we are rich, we are healthy, we have got everything we need, We're not, we need nothing anymore, okay? And uh, Jesus was rebuking them, he says, you are actually not rich, but you are rich, you are blind, you are in a miserable condition, These people didn't realize that very simple lesson, okay? That we need to remain poor in our own ability so that we can be filled with the wonderful treasures of Christ. Okay, if there's no room in your heart, then he will not give you anything. So you need to make space, okay? Make sure that you remove the stuff that has been rotting there for a long time. So that Christ can overwhelm you with the gifts from above. He continues and says, "Blessed those who are more, those who mourn, for they will be comforted." Okay, uh, this is not just uh, you know in a in a uh, in a situation where we have lost a loved one. Of course, that's when we are mourning. But Jesus said, "Blessed you when you mourn." What does that mean? You know, we should, we should look at our life and uh, see our life in the light of Christ. Not in our own, you know, estimation. You know, when we, when we are writing uh, a resume, you know, uh, uh, because we want to apply it for a job, we are bringing all the good things out of us, all the things that we think we are, we can do, we are able to uh, do better than everybody else. And then, of course, we hope that we get a job. Jesus tells us another thing, completely opposite. He says, you know, check your life out. There are certain things that are not the way I want them to be. And I want you to to really learn to wait upon something better. You know, mourn so that God can comfort you and that God can fill you. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Hey, blessed are the meek. And the Bible doesn't say blessed are the weak. Okay, so Jesus does not say you must become weak. But blessed are the meek. Meek is a very interesting word. It means humble. It means willing to, you know, count it below everybody else. You know, you don't need the estimate of other people in order to give you the value that you have in Christ. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror, okay? You can overcome. But the Bible says, Jesus says, blessed are the meek. And it's those who are humble who will in- eventually inherit the earth. Now, this is, this is amazing because right now we are seeing wars being fought and billions, not millions, but billions of dollars being destroyed every single, you know, uh, throughout this, 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 uh, this uh, war efforts. Whether they are in the Ukraine, whether they are in Sudan, whether they are in uh, West Africa, people are fighting wars. Okay, because they want to take over power. They want to inherit the earth. But let me tell you one thing. They will never inherit the earth. The earth is for people who are meek. The the, the earth is for people who are learning to submit to Christ. Okay? Because the kingdom of God is not for those who have the biggest weapons or the biggest uh, firing power. But the the world, you know, is, is for Christ and uh, for what he has chosen to accomplish. In the book of Revelation, we read something very powerful in this chapter 11, verse 15. Revelation 11, verse 15. The Bible says, The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. Praise the Lord. The kingdom of this world, people are fighting for the kingdoms today, okay? In so many different places people are fighting. Sometimes they fight with weapon, sometimes they fight with economic power, sometimes they fight with money, but they're fighting in order to push other people aside. And maybe you feel You are just, uh, you know, in between, not really having the power to compete with any of these powers that are, you know, fighting today. And yet the Bible tells us, you know, the meek, okay, that is you and me, if we are really living by the standards of Christ, the meek will inherit the earth. This is powerful. So in other words, you don't have to... uh, equip yourself with weapons up to the teeth. You know, this is what many mistakenly do today. Uh, Even even many Christians, especially in some of the countries of the West, you know, they're getting more weapons, and uh, you know, especially in the United States, uh, they can have as many weapons as they want. And they think, you know, that's going to give them safety. That's going to give them security. Let me tell you, a weapon can never give you security. In fact, one time, you know, we had a break-in when we were living in in Lusaka West. And, uh, of course, I came out quite uh, quite different from who I normally was. You know, I was no longer a white man. I was a blue man, a green man, a red man. You know, everything was completely... Uh, deformed because I was stoned. Okay? I tried to defend my children and my wife and, of course, that's what we have a right to do. Uh, And uh, eventually, you know, God delivered us. But, okay, I I was stoned. I know what it means to be stoned. And I came to a place where I just couldn't carry on and I was crying out to the Lord. And just in that moment, something happened. I heard a big bang. I didn't know what it was. And then the... The would-be thieves, the wannabe thieves, ran away. Later I learned, you know, a neighbor of ours uh, was called by his brother who was just living next to us, who was blind. And he called his brother who had a weapon, a shotgun. And so he shot his shotgun and I don't know what happened. Our, our children had a small little pool and it was uh, torn into many pieces. And uh, somebody must have been hurt. So they all ran away. Okay, so understand, what I'm trying to say is uh, God is the one who takes care of us. You know, even if I had a weapon, what could I have done with the weapon? So later on the police came and says, you need, you need to arm yourself, you need to buy some, some weapons. Uh, but these guys, they were all around, you know, so who am I going to shoot? And I don't want to shoot anybody, okay? so. I refused. I said I don't want to. I don't want to have a weapon, you know, uh, not a weapon that can kill. Maybe a weapon that can make noise, <laughs> but not a weapon that can kill. Because I'm not here to bring this. My mission is to bring life. Okay, and I think every one of us needs to understand that. So Jesus says, the make, not the strong, not the powerful, not the people with money buying all the tanks and all the planes and all the weaponry that they can imagine uh, will eventually win the war. But the meek will inherit the earth. Despite all the weapons, and this is, as I said, this has been costing billions of dollars, uh, the war has neither gone here nor there, okay? They're always back a bit forward, a bit backwards, a bit forward, a bit backwards. Nothing has changed, okay? And, and this is what is going to prevail in the earth as long as we are here. You know, people can try to, to show the power, the thing they have, but eventually, they will die. Another one will come and take over, okay? Many people have tried to build uh, a, a kingdom you know, forever. Some people have called themselves life presidents or life kings or life whatever. And yet, sometimes the life came to an end very quickly. So, we are not winning because we are stronger than everybody else. We are winning because we are in Christ. We trust in Christ. We don't trust our own muscles, our own strengths, our weapons, or whatever we may have. But we trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So, Jesus taught all these Beatitudes, blessed. And he said, Blessed, 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 blessed. God wants us to be blessed. You know, this is the fact that God wants to see us blessed. So, when we go through life situations and things don't work out the way we had hoped, the way we had planned, don't don't worry. There's somebody who has a greater plan. Maybe that plan you have not known. Maybe that plan you have not taken into account when you planned your own life. So let us read these scriptures, you know. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Wow. These are powerful words. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the war makers, but the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of, of God. You know, these are powerful words. And, 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 and Jesus wants us to learn this concept that Christ okay, has given to us principles. Stand on this foundation, what the Lord Jesus Christ has given to us. And of course, we hear these things. And then of course, sometimes we still live in our old ways of life. That's what happened to the disciples. Okay, Jesus was teaching them to be servants. But uh, they were always calling, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest amongst us? And so Jesus, one time, he, you know, he knew what was going on. He called them, and he asked them, what did you talk on the way? What did you talk about when you were traveling, you know, when we were walking uh, from one place to the other? And of course, nobody wanted to say anything, because they had been calling of who is the greatest amongst them. You know, this scroll is very familiar to us in this world. People always want to show that they're better, that they're greater. You know, they want to, 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 to outdo the others. But, you see, in the body, you don't need to outdo the others. You need to function together, okay? All my fingers, they function together, okay? And I want to grip something, they function together. Okay? They, don't fight, they don't fight each other. Who is the greatest? Okay? This one could say I'm, I'm longer than the others. But they don't do that. They just use their ability in order to move on. Okay? To get something done. And this is what you know, the people in the world system do not understand because people constantly fight each other instead of being together. You know, the Bible tells us that we should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay? We should not only submit to Christ who is the king, the Lord, you know, his kingdom is not of this world. It's a different kingdom. And his kingdom will last for eternity, will last forever. But he tells us, you know, when we become part of his kingdom, then we must, Lord, we are seeking, how can I serve you? How can I submit to you? How can I help you? And if we all do that, there will be no fight. Okay? Why would you fight with somebody who wants to, to, you know, come and uh, clean your shoes? Why do you want to fight with somebody who comes to serve you? And yet, often we see fights are pursuing because we are not living in that uh, way of life. So Jesus taught him that you should not look for who is the greatest because Jesus said the greatest actually is the one who is the servant of all. Okay, and Jesus spoke about his own life. He came into this world and he became the servant of all. Okay, he didn't mind do those things which no king would ever do. Can you imagine Jesus washing your feet, kneeling down, and you know, feet, sometimes they can have some smell, okay? Feet, sometimes they can be rather, rather uh, dirty, especially in those days when they had no shoes like we have today. They were having just open sandals and, you know, there were no, no uh, tart roads. Everything was always dusty. You know, Middle East, just like Asia, you know? You don't have anything that keeps your feet clean. So when you come into a house... The order of the day, of the the culture was that your feet need to be cleansed, need to be washed. And Jesus knelt down to wash the feet of his disciples. So when he said, the greatest amongst you will be the servant of all, he demonstrated that, okay? He demonstrated that in his own life. And that's what we should learn to demonstrate as well. You know, disciples submit to Christ above everything else. Now, we learn, and I think it's important that we we, uh, sometimes revisit some of the things in scripture that uh, are written so that we learn lessons from those scriptures. We must remember that God gave people, human beings, Adam and Eve in that case, which of course is the human race. He gave them the ability to rule in this world, you know, to have dominion over everything that God had created, not again over each other, but uh, 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 over the the creation that God had uh, actually brought forth. God gave them the ability to access Him every single day. You know, they could be able to have fellowship with the living God without any hindrance whatsoever. And as long as they obeyed, that experience, you know, that they had brought them tremendous blessings. God taught them, God guided them, God showed them things that they never knew. You know, there were a lot of secrets in creation. Even today, they're still there. Okay, some of the secrets of creation were up up to now not lifted. But uh, God pointed Adam and Eve to lift these different secrets in creation, to discover things. And everything worked beautifully, you know, because they they were so close to God. They had intimate fellowship with God. And of course, they lived in a place called paradise. Now, sometimes people look at the place and say, oh, I want to be in paradise, or I want to be in heaven. But it's not the issue of paradise. It's the issue of relationship with the Father, with God. Okay? And that's what counts even when we are going to be with with the Lord forever and ever. It's It's not about heaven, because where God is, heaven is also going to be. So, where God is, there's a paradise. So, look for the relationship of Christ, not for the place. So as long as they were able to live in harmony with the Lord, their God, things went well. But unfortunately, a day came when they took things into their own hands and they disobeyed. They disobeyed, okay? They did something that God told them not to do. Okay, if it was a car, okay, and the car is designed in a certain way, and the car gives you service all the time, you know, there was one part in that, in that car which said, no, 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 we are not going to continue serving the way this car is designed, we are doing the opposite. Then the car is stuck, okay? The car doesn't work. It's no longer harmony. There's something wrong, okay? It has to go for repair, and of course, uh, we, we, we know that every car sometimes has that, that uh, fault system and things don't, don't function the way they should. So, man stopped functioning according to the plan of God. And when he stopped functioning to the plan of God, he became useless to the plan of God. Okay? So God had to withdraw from him, and there was a barrier between God and man, and the paradise was lost on the very same day. You see, all that they had, they now lost it. The relationship that we have with God can break down, just like it broke down with Adam and Eve and it's a warning to all of us. You know, just because we are saved, maybe uh, on that particular day, uh, months or years ago, does not mean that now everything is fine forever and ever, okay? Some people have coined a phrase which says, once saved, always saved. No, the Bible doesn't teach us that, okay? The Bible is warning us that we should be able to stay in relationship continuously with the Lord. We must not rule differently from what God has ruled, okay? So in other words, we get familiar and we say, ah, this is not important. You know, there are things in scripture that we have just neglected and that we need to get back to that. So the results that Adam and Eve had is still the same today. You know, we may remain religious, but we lose God if we start disobeying, if we are no longer fulfilling our purpose in Christ, if we are no longer a branch that bears fruit in Christ. So a disciple has got to prioritize Christ above everything else. Okay, Everything in this world can't compare with Christ. All other things must submit, whether it's wealth, whether it's relationships, whether it's comfort, whether it's career. Everything has to submit. In fact, Jesus used sometimes very strong language in order to tell us that. You know, he says, you know, if you don't hate father and mother and uh, brothers and sisters, and with that word, he didn't mean that you should hate them and harm them, but he means that you need prioritize Christ higher than anything else in your life. That's quite serious, okay? So all other things must submit. As members in the body, we must function as the head directs, okay? The head gives instruction, okay? There can be absolutely no compromise to this rule. Like I said earlier, you know, a vehicle that needs to be steered must be driven, must move. And we must continue moving in the plans of God, in the very purpose for which God has brought us into this world. I said earlier on, muscles must be, you know, trained, must be strained in order for them to give us the best results. And so God may strain our life in one time or the other. At times we may go through Situations that we do not like, that we don't even want to accept, but it's for the good good of the body of Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, disciples submit to Christ above all else. Every one of us needs to prioritize the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I encourage you, please read all of the scriptures that are on the bulletin. I could not go through all of them. But they are telling us so much about the road, the process, the transformation of discipleship. And God has got something great in mind with with each and every one of us. That's why he said, blessed are those who walk according to my principles. Blessed are you when you depend on Christ and receive from him what he wants to bless you with each and every day. May God really use this word to give you more abundant blessings than you have ever had. Because, you know, the word blessed is not there once or twice or three times. Just read it and let the words, you know, permeate, you know, permeate uh, your whole being. And you will be amazed what God can be able to do in your life when you understand the word of God and not only understand the word of God but live it out in the daily practice of our lives. Let us pray. Our Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for your word. And Lord, as we study your word as we read all the scriptures. The first thing we need to realize is that it is a privilege to be a disciple of the Lord. It's a privilege to be a branch on the vine. It's a privilege to be a member in the body of Christ because you take care of all of us. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray that you help us submit of course we have been trained in many opposite ways and often we have not separated us from those ways that we have learned from the system of this world but Lord I pray that you help us to learn submission to learn to wait upon you because you say the meek are going to inherit the earth. Those who are humble, they will see God move on their behalf. And Lord Jesus, that's what we are praying for, that you give us your blessings to each and every single one of us who is here, even those who are watching this message, wherever they may be. Lord, we pray for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you're building your body, the body of Christ, that you build your Ecclesia, the church of Jesus. You are the head. And Lord, here we are. We want to submit to your guidance and follow your direction. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. 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 Amen.